Bibles. Um, what we're going to do is, um, we thought that we'd have um, not so many people this evening due to um, various finals and things. England, how could you? Um, so what we're going to do is, um, I'm going to speak for about 10 minutes and we're going to take a bit of a pit stop in Colossians and just grab hold of a bit of a sort of overview of it. Um, and then I'm basically going to kind of throw out to you and we're going to have some time to um, read Colossians ourselves and... Um, chat in groups about a couple of questions. So is that good for everybody? Um, great. But we'll just start with um, a reading from Colossians 3. So that's page 1119. Cool. Great. Okay. Um, so this is Colossians 3 um, verses 1, 2, 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Um, let's just take a moment to, um, to read those words for ourselves. Actually, I find um, verse 3 for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Just one of the best verses in scripture. It's a beautiful, beautiful description of who and what we are in Jesus Christ. So let's take 10 seconds on our own and then I'll pray. And then we're going to do some context stuff and a brief tour through. And then um, we'll dig a little bit deeper. And Jesus, we thank you that in you, we have total security, that we can know that we are held in the palm of the Father's hand and that we are held in you before the throne of grace. And so as we look at this letter this evening, would you enliven us by the power of your spirit and would we know you more deeply as we're captivated by the truth of the gospel afresh? Amen. Amen. And so um, the heart of the message uh, to the Colossians that Paul is writing is basically twofold. Firstly, it's this, fix your eyes on the heavenly stuff. Fix your eyes on things above. And then secondly, it's all about knowing who we are in Christ. That's the nub of it. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, on heavenly realities, and be really sure and certain of who you are in Christ. And if you take nothing else away from this series, just take that. Know who you are in Christ and know that we run this race by fixing our eyes on the things of heaven, on Jesus. And so um, what, what's going on in Colossians? Um, okay, so I like a map. So this is Colossae. It's kind of, oh, I'm really bad at geography. Is that like modern day Turkey where the green arrow is? Yeah. Something like that. So, okay, so, um, so Colossae is in um, modern-day Turkey, and the um, letter is written by Paul, but Paul's in prison in Ephesus. Um, it's the only letter that he wrote to a group of people who he had never met. So he is actually writing to them from prison, but he's heard about them rather than, say, with the Ephesians or something, where he had like gone in and planted the church. Um, and the church had sprung up from the preaching of a guy called Epharas, 
um, who had been converted by Paul. And then he'd gone to his hometown of Colossae and told them about Jesus. And some people have become Christians. But Colossae is this kind of like backwater town, a bit like a kind of modern day Blackpool, kind of faded glory. Apologies if anyone is um, from Blackpool here. Um, and what we need to picture is, essentially, this is like a small house church. It's going to be a bunch of people, not bigger than probably most of our, this sort of group of people in a room. And they're there, and it's 30 years after Jesus' death, and they're trying to figure out this thing called Christianity. And they haven't got this Bible like we've got it. They're literally just listening to the preaching of the odd person here and there, and then receiving a letter from Paul. And the world around them thinks that they are totally nuts. They think they're totally nuts for their belief in Jesus, that actually God came and was a human being, and redeem them, and they think they're totally, totally nuts for their social ethic and their sexual ethic. Actually, their behavior is totally, totally bizarre to the world around them. Um, and if you were here last week, um, Tim talked about the Colossian heresy. And the Colossian heresy was essentially the fact that Paul is writing to say to these guys, don't carry on in the ways of the world around you. Actually, you are called to be distinct and different. And the world around them basically offered two options. Firstly, on this side, you've got um, first century sort of Judaism, which is like super, super legalistic. So you've got duty. And there's nothing wrong with duty. Actually, scripture calls us to a morality and all of that, but we're called to it in freedom and through a relationship with God. And so the first option that your average person in Colossae had was to be a first century Jew if you were brought up into the Jewish faith. And there, everything was about duty, and it's about rules and regulations, about what you eat and wear, da, 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 da. But your other option, if you're not a Jew, is the pagan sort of mystical religions that um, Tim talked a lot about last week, which are all about desire. And again, there's nothing wrong with desire. God made us with desire, he made us with uh, desire for him, he made us with desire of, uh, for each other and friendship and um, in marriage, all of that. It's a good thing. But this was desire gone mad. And so the world around them, in terms of desire, in terms of pagan religion, in terms of what most of the people were doing, was utterly, utterly overindulged in like sex and eating and all of that and all sorts of horribly bizarre things that went on um, in the temple cults. And into this steps Christianity and says, actually, there's a different way. There's a different way. There's a way of truth between these two poles of duty and of desire. And that's what Colossians is all about. It's saying, actually, this is the middle way. This is the perfect way. This is the God way. This is the way of freedom. Because we all know um, in human nature that we've got a kind of tendency to either set up camp in duty and legality or to set up camp in desire. And I was reflecting on this and I was thinking about my, um, my own life. And before I was a Christian, I really, really set up camp in desire. I did all sorts of stupid things that are not good. Um, and then I became a Christian, but it was like I just went mad <laughs> and I like ran over to the world of duty. And I remember having this month where I like gave up hair straighteners and I gave up makeup and then I threw all my CDs out and it was all getting a bit ridiculous, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And actually slowly, I hope, over my Christian walk, I've actually began to get this stuff. I'm not perfect at all. 
but to get hold of desire, which is a God-given good thing, and to get hold of duty, which is a God-given good thing, and to bring them together before the Lord. And say that actually the morality that we walk out, we do so in freedom. And we do so in relationship. And the things that we desire and are God-given, we bring them under God. And we let him kind of fan them into flame through his spirit and purify them and say, actually, this is the way. Walk in it. And so the first question for this evening is, you know, how are we doing? I have to constantly check myself. This is a message for me. Am I setting up camp in duty? Or am I setting up camp in desire? And what do I just need to bring to God and say, hey, I need a bit of freedom in this area. So that was what the Colossians were wrestling with. And so into this, Paul writes to them and he says, there is this other way. And it's the perfect way and it's the right way and it's the way that you were made for. Um, so if we turn to chapter one, we're just going to do a whistle-stop tour through Colossians now. Um, and some of the verses will come up on the screen, so don't worry too much if you can't flick the pages fast enough. So of course, chapter one is Jesus Jesus is the headline, and that's what Kate was um, speaking about um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and if you look at the kind of poem in chapter 1, which is verses uh, 15 to 23, and you know anything about the letter to the Hebrews, um, pretty similar. So if you enjoy that poem, read Hebrews 2, especially Hebrews chapter 1, you'll enjoy it. And so, Jesus is the headline, just grabbing hold of verses 15 to 17. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Boom. Headline is Jesus. And then we move on to chapter two. What are we called to do in the face of Jesus? Well, actually, we're called to change. And so chapter two is all about how the Colossians are called to change. And it culminates in verse 23 with, such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, duty. But they lack any value in restraining the sensual indulgence, desire. That's what Paul's getting at. Um, and then we hit chapter three, and we're going to get into chapter three properly next week and four as we kind of conclude the series. And this is all about how to change. And so we go back to our original verses, chapter three, verses one to three. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. We change by knowing who God is and who we are in Jesus Christ. And then chapter four, um, as with all of Paul's letters, is kind of concluding remarks. But it's a really practical conclusion. Actually, this is how you keep walking it. So verse two, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Work on your prayer life. Verse five, be wise in the way you act to outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Wisdom is such a key spiritual gift and one we don't talk about that much. Verse six, let your conversations be always filled with grace. Actually watch your speech. That's picking up on some of the um, threads through verse three, uh, through chapter three, sorry. Okay. 
So that's Colossians. But here we are, sweaty Sunday evening, 2018, Parsons Green. Um, what on earth does that mean for all of us right now? Well, if we just take a moment to pause and to think about our culture right now. Actually, there's kind of two things going on in the world at the moment. And pre about 1950 in um, Western culture, we really got duty. That was how we kind of walked as a people in the West. And actually, we kind of let that go in the past 50 years or so. But a lot of the world still walks through a kind of worldview of duty. Actually, one of the reasons that um, Islam is so attractive to some people at the moment is because it sets about a lot of rules and regulations and it creates a safety net and it creates some boundaries based on duty. And then for most of us sitting here, we live in this kind of Western postmodern worldview, don't we? And actually it's all about desire. That's what's been going on for us in the West um, in the past 50 years. And what duty said was that actually living dutifully and getting the laws right and behaving well, that's going to lead into freedom. And it kind of didn't. So post-World War II, we slightly threw the baby out with the bathwater. And we said, actually, no, 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 let's set up camp in desire. And actually, our culture says, doing what you desire is right. And that that will lead to freedom. We'll go back to Colossians in a moment, which says something very different, as does the whole of Scripture. And then we see um, our kind of modern Western mindset face-to-face with Christianity. And the world out there has this idea that what we want to do is drag hold of our culture, that they feel is all free and liberated, that's set up camp in desire, and drag it back into duty and tradition and bind it up. Which, of course, we know isn't true. Scripture, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Our culture also, which is unique in history, um, has this idea that there's no such thing as truth, that like all truth is relative. So we can't go out there and declare an absolute truth. But the gospel is an absolute truth. The gospel is Jesus Christ, the only way to God. And it's imperative and it's important and it's for our flourishing, it's for the redemption of the world. So that's duty which is where a lot of the world outside of our Western culture is sitting, and that's desire, where our culture is sitting right now that we live in. And we have to be conscious because we're all affected by that. We're all affected by the world around us. I certainly am. And so what is the Christian message? What is Colossians saying into this? Well, firstly, we say that there is truth. And that's really important and really good because truth is a person, as Michael Lloyd says. Truth is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And actually, truth by its very nature is an absolute in saying that there is truth. That's true. Okay, so truth is good. It's really good, and it sets people free, and it's Jesus. And then we're also saying, with the Colossians, that there is another way. That actually legalism and duty and immorality and desire gone mad, they belong to the fallen world. 
Actually, there's stuff that came in with Genesis 3 and the beyond. And as Christians, we know and can, in the light of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Spirit, live a different life. And it's a life of freedom and biblical morality through that freedom and through that relationship with Jesus because we set our eyes on things above because we're focused on eternity and we are in him, in him. Again and again, Colossians says, you're in him, you're in him, you're in him, you're in him, you're in Jesus Christ. And we'll unpack that a bit more next week. So that's where we are with Colossians. And that's where we are in terms of the world around us. Truth is good and it's a person, it's Jesus Christ. And we know the true way. And that is the way of the gospel, which is one of freedom. Um, before we sort of throw it out to the floor, as it were, I wanted to um, end with this quote by Tom Wright. Um, Tom Wright says this, Human instincts are important, but they remain earthbound. When people become Christians, God implants into them, and this is the Holy Spirit, a new sense of his presence and love, his guiding and strengthening. See, the issue with desire and where we are as a culture is that we've sold ourselves the lie that my instinct and my feeling is right and I need to act on it right now. But our instincts and our feelings are earthbound and they are fallen. But when we become Christians, and we step into the presence of the living God and we give our lives to him, actually we open up ourselves to not have earthbound truths, but to have heaven-sent realities. That's what we need to sit in and work out, and that's what Colossians is calling us to. So, what I thought we'd do now is, um, we're going to conclude with communion um, this evening, is um, Colossians takes five minutes if you're a fast reader to read through, and ten minutes if you're a slightly slower reader. Um, so I thought we'd actually just sit and just read Colossians. This is a letter, and the way it would have been sort of received by the guys in Colossae is someone like me or David here or something would have literally just got up and read it. There wouldn't have been all these chapter numbers and verses and all of that. It's a letter, and it makes sense when you read it start to finish. So we're going to read it. I'm going to give us ten minutes, um, and then we're just going to chat about these couple of questions. So guys, get somewhere comfortable and go. Just read the word of the Lord. That's far more important than anything I've said this evening.